0: Because of this increase in sympathetic activity, coffee and caffeine can increase your metabolism by up to 10%. So you're burning 10% more calories. So maybe that's an extra 200 calories per day, two to 300, right? That's very good. You stack that up over time, these things can help you get leaner and lose some more fat. Hey there, my friend. It's Dr. A from the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project. In today's episode, I want to talk all about coffee, which is absolutely the world's second most popular non-water drink. We have all the teas combined and the second most popular drink in the entire world is coffee. So it's important to talk about because I think a lot of us drink coffee, have tried coffee, have friends and family that have coffee, and we're almost sort of thinking in the back of our minds, is this actually good for us? What are the health effects? What does the research actually say? So in today's episode, I want to keep it short and punchy, but I want to share with you a few of the things that I've learned about coffee from my research and personal use and what I think is important that you should know. So first off, let's talk big picture. For human health, one of the things we want to balance is the state of our central nervous system. So we have this brain, we have the spinal axis, and the brain is sending the central nervous system down through the spine. All of our nerves come out to our muscles and our vital organs. And this nervous system has, you can kind of say, two main modes. It has the activated mode, the sympathetic mode, ready, engaged, fired up. It's kind of the feeling we get after we take stimulants and coffee. And then we have this rest and digest mode where the nervous system is pared down. It's more relaxed. The breathing is a little more deeper and more shallow. The digestive organs are not as active. Sympathetic and parasympathetic are the two branches. Now, what stimulants do like coffee is they increase the sympathetic branch. So... We need to make sure that if we're having coffee, we're balancing good sleep, good rest, good recovery, and not too much because coffee can upset our health balance if we're not getting enough recovery because it's jacking us up a little bit in the sympathetic branch. Now, how caffeine actually works is once it gets broken down and our bodies take it up, one of the things it does is it gets into the brain and it blocks the binding of something called adenosine to these A1 receptors in our brain. Adenosine is a breakdown of ATP. So when our cells are doing all their different metabolic activities, they use ATP as a cellular currency. When ATP is breaking down, adenosine, as a byproduct of that ATP breakdown, is binding to our brains and it makes us tired. Caffeine blocks that. So it's basically giving us this blocked sense of you know, the tiredness that we might have when adenosine is binding. So what this does is gives us energy and alertness. At the same time, as caffeine is kind of going through our bloodstream and it makes its way to our kidneys and our adrenal glands... And it leads to an increase in cortisol. In fact, when they do a study of people who are just drinking some kind of caffeine versus not, the placebo group, the person that just drank caffeine has more than a double cortisol response in comparison to placebo. So cortisol rises. This actually starts to increase our blood pressure, our heart rate. And also cortisol helps the conversion of noradrenaline into adrenaline, the active form. So epinephrine, adrenaline, same thing, right? This is going to help increase basically our feeling of arousal, of stimulation, and it also increases our heart rate. So we feel this buzz, this energy in the body. This is what caffeine is doing. So again, all those things by themselves are not bad. In fact, before exercise, sometime in the morning, people are really used to getting that kind of boost in the kick and hormones that caffeine does. It's the reason it's the second most popular drink in the world, non-water drink, besides tea. Because tea also has caffeine too, right? Both these things. We figure out this affects the physiology. Now, because of this increase in sympathetic activity, coffee and caffeine can increase your metabolism by up to 10%. So you're burning 10% more calories. So maybe that's an extra 200 calories per day, two to 300, right? That's very good. You stack that up over time. These things can help you get leaner and lose some more fat. What caffeine and coffee actually does, because the two are different, and I want to get into that in just a second, why caffeine, which coffee contains, but the coffee bean itself has a lot of other amazing compounds, it also increases our fat burning. Our bodies really release a lot of these fatty acids when we have caffeine circulating the system. So it can be a good thing. Before exercise, you take some caffeine. There are acute benefits to your fatigue tolerance, so you have a little more energy once you've done that. So a lot of people who work out in the morning, they get up. They rehydrate with water, and I'll talk about that in just a second, at least 16 to 24 ounces of good water. Then they have their coffee. So still on an empty stomach besides the water and the coffee, work out and have breakfast afterwards. If you're a morning workout person, that is a brilliant way to set things up. It's great for your metabolism. It's really good to train in an empty stomach for a lot of different reasons. It's just easier, very good potential setup for you. Now, coffee is something we'd have early in the morning, most of us, morning, and then maybe another bit later in the afternoon important not to take it too late, as we know, because caffeine has a varied half-life, but it can be in your system up to 10 plus hours, right? So if you're constantly drinking coffee every single day, it's going to be in your system all the time and it can definitely impact sleep. So the dose is what makes the poison here. Short-term, Coffee is engaging our nervous system, increasing the fat burning, preventing us from feeling tired and working in the brain in that way, but also can really shift our bodies into uh, too much of that dominance. So we got to really pay attention to that, especially if we're stressed in our lives. If we have a lot of stress and we're always in the sympathetic tone, throwing more caffeine and coffee on top of that is going to almost like break the system and it really will affect our health. But in the morning, the first thing you do before you get any caffeine is you rehydrate with water. 16 to up to 32 ounces of high quality water. And if you wanna throw some minerals in there too from some trace mineral drops or a little pink Himalayan sea salt, which has over 83 different trace minerals in it, something to get a little salt, little trace minerals into that water is gonna be very good for your health. You do that first because your body needs water first thing in the morning. And then what coffee essentially is, is a water concoction from the ground coffee bean. I wanna talk about the different types of coffee because there's two general categories that people think about. They talk about light roasts and dark roasts. And it turns out they both have many different benefits. The darker roast is a longer process to make a dark roast than a light roast. So let's talk about the light roast first. Light roasts, in addition to having comparable amounts of caffeine to the dark roast, have something called high amounts of some chlorogenic acid. This is a very powerful health compound that actually gives coffee a lot of its health benefits because coffee has these antioxidants, this chlorogenic acid that actually is anti-inflammatory, helps decrease inflammation in the gut lining, Has antioxidant properties, so it can protect DNA. And this is why there is some research linking certain kinds of coffees to protection against cancer. And there's also linked that people who drink coffee have an association with a longer lifespan by around two years. Not saying it's necessarily causative, but it is a good source of chlorogenic acid, which is helpful for our bodies. That is in the light roast. As we process that coffee more and get into a dark roast, which has a little more of a bolder, punchier flavor. The caffeine content stays relatively the same, although there may be a little more caffeine in the light roast. But what happens is that chlorogenic acid breaks down, and there are two different compounds that are in the dark roast that give it unique benefits. The first benefit is the chlorogenic acid breaks down into phenylindanes. Phenylindanes. Don't expect you to remember that. I don't even remember this. Just kind of looking it up here for this. But what I think is cool is that the darker roast and the phenylindanes actually decreases some stomach acid So if you're a person who struggles with the really acidic nature of coffee and hurts your stomach or you feel like you produce too much acid, a darker roast may be better for you because of these phenylindanes are a little different than the chlorogenic acid. And methylpyridinium is another compound in the dark roast that has some brain health benefits as well. It's also very antioxidant. So whatever one you choose is going to be fine. But I think the acid component, dark roasts are a little bit better if you have any acid problems in your stomach. And the light roasts probably give you more overall health benefits because of the chlorogenic acid is a very powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. So that's important to note. There are legitimate compounds in the coffee bean themselves that are beneficial for your health. That wouldn't be the same as if you just took a caffeine pill just caffeine anhydrous, some kind of caffeine we made in the lab is not as necessarily as good for overall health benefits as some overall coffee. Now, here's the question. What do we throw in our coffee? Because I think we're a lot of people get in trouble. We've talked about this drink, right? This coffee bean has some benefits as long as you're balancing your nervous system, not taking too much and taking into account good sleep and all the other things. One of the things we need to watch out for is throwing a bunch of crap in the coffee. So, you wanna watch out for throwing a bunch of added sugars or a bunch of dairy sweeteners and stuff like this. What we prefer is you either get some high quality coffee, ideally, you grind it from whole bean, because after you grind the coffee or pre ground coffee is exposed to the air, it's oxidized and it loses up to 60% of its aroma and probably some of its health benefits as things get oxidized. So, whole ground coffee that you use freshly ground is definitely the best for overall health benefits and taste. And then once you brew it, you either drink that black or you use a little bit of a, I recommend a non-dairy sweetener, something like unsweetened almond milk for a little splash of that, or a couple drops of stevia. But what you don't wanna do is throw a lot of sugar in the coffee. Because ultimately, coffee on an empty stomach, kind of like fasting more or less, very good for your metabolism, your fat burning, your health. But if you start throwing sugars and a bunch of craps in there, it's going to be a problem. And I will tell you this. As you begin to clean up your life and eat healthier foods, your palate that might have been really accustomed to super sweet stuff will start to change and improve. And a couple drops of stevia and some coffee goes a long way. Other ways to make your coffee taste good is you can actually use a little bit of MCT oil. It's a special kind of oil that increases fat burning. It's great to toss in the coffee. I'd say around half a tablespoon to a tablespoon will give you more energy. And actually, if you blend that up really nice, it gives the coffee a a nice fattier, frothier taste. And it has a lot of good health and fat burning benefits too. So you just don't want to throw sugar and crap in your coffee. I recommend the non-dairy sweeteners as well. So a little splash of unsweetened almond milk is a fine option or some stevia. You want to get your coffee freshly ground. Now, another thing we need to talk about when it comes to coffee is what kind of container is your coffee coming in? And I know this seems like we're getting into the minutia, but it's legitimately important because if I think back to, let's just say like the eighties, a lot of people were in offices and you'd have a office coffee station and you had styrofoam cups, right? Styrofoam cup for your cup of coffee. Well, it turns out that it is absolutely terrible for you. There is a compound in styrofoam called styrene that is carcinogenic, meaning it causes cancer, and it takes 500 years to break down and degrade. And we know that styrene is absolutely terrible, and we also know that it leaches out of styrofoam cups. And we have a problem, obviously, with styrofoam. We also have a problem with plastic, too. Plastic does very similar things. Plastics have these things called xenoestrogens in them. These are compounds, chemical compounds, made in plastics that mimic estrogen in our bodies. So for men, this is not good. It binds to the estrogen receptor and can lead to a whole host of problems. For women, it disrupts your natural estrogen signaling inside your body and can cause a lot of problems. There was a big push around 10, 15 years ago to look at heated water bottles, water bottles that people were leaving in cars and you're drinking this estrogen-laden water and there's a lot of incidents of breast cancer for women. Prostate cancer for men. Estrogen is linked to all these hormone-sensitive cancers in men and women. So we definitely don't want to get estrogens in our coffee. That means you don't want to be putting your hot, hot coffee in a plastic beverage. So like the cake cups, for example, the Keurig cups, those little cups that we see in those little coffee machines, not a great thing for a lot of reasons. They're made of plastic, and although Keurig does make it out of BPA-free plastic, there are all sorts of different plastics. I don't care if it's BPA or not. There's tons of different plastics that have xenoestrogens. You don't wanna mix heat plus plastic and put that in your body. That goes for men and women, especially if you have young kids. You don't wanna be microwaving stuff in plastic or putting lots of hot stuff in plastic. Use glass, use stainless steel, Use something else, but make sure you're not using plastic and hot stuff with your coffee, because then every day you're getting your daily dose of morning estrogen. It's not exactly what you want, whether you're a woman or a man. So in summary, coffee does have health benefits. It has fat-burning benefits. It has exercise fatigue-reducing benefits, but it needs to be balanced. If you're really using coffee to prop yourself up, then you probably need to make sure you're sleeping and recovering a little bit better to make sure that coffee is healthy for you. Because if you're not sleeping well and you're overly stressed and you're throwing coffee on top, that will, I say, net decrease the quality of your health. So it could be good to take a tolerance break or get off that. But once you are healthy, you have a good balanced nervous system, having a couple occasional cups of coffee, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, totally fine. As long as it's not impacting your sleep. You want to have freshly ground coffee light or dark roast, your preference to taste, both have health benefits. And you also want to make sure that you're not getting this coffee in plastic and you're not throwing sugar and crap in your coffee. If you follow those rules, coffee can be great for you. It can increase your health benefits. And if you're a person who does not like coffee, you can drink tea, you could drink water. It's not necessary, but it would be remiss to say that coffee doesn't have noticeable health benefits. So hope you found this informative. A lot of specifics. but Remember, get your higher quality coffee. One that I'm actually really enjoying right now is shout out to Laird Superfoods. This is Laird Hamilton's brand. He's got a really great coffee that I'm enjoying right now with my family. And I don't drink coffee all the time. I kind of cycle on and off of it. So right now I have had some coffee before doing this. This It's probably why I'm rambling so much. But anyways, thank you for being here, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll catch you in future episodes. We'll talk more about the stuff you need to know to stay healthy for yourself and your family. I'm Dr. A, signing off. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys who are 40 like you.